Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Tuesday, August 25th, the Lazy Parents Survival Guide edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I am a contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column and mom to Naima, who is seven and we live in Los Angeles, California. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry eight, Oliver six, and Teddy three and I'm located in Navarre, Florida. On today's show, we're going to be talking about how to get your kids to complete their homework effectively and efficiently with as little parent intervention as possible. Thank God. We'll also be talking about how you can help your kids form good study habits. But before we get to that, we have, as always, triumphs and fails. Elizabeth, do you have a triumph or a fail for us this week? So this is a fail from my youth. I was, still am, a extremely gullible person. <laughs> and so when I was in kindergarten, we had a homework assignment to define a sentence. And my father, being the perpetual jokester, you know, gave me a definition, helped me memorize it. So I went back into class and I, you know, raised my hand because I wanted to be the one to answer and stood up in front of the whole class and told them, a sentence is what the judge gives at the end of the trial with a completely straight face, having no idea that this would not be an appropriate answer. And my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Deach, looked right at me and said, please go home and tell your father he's not funny. And (laughs) you know what, though? (laughs) I remember this very vividly because it was like this moment in which I realized that my father was not on my team. Uh, He uh, he made his position known. Yeah. Yeah. Like his ultimate goal was the laugh. (laughs) And and whoever, you know, like even when I told him, he was like, but did she laugh? Um, (laughs) But it did not stop me from falling for many, many more of his pranks like this. But I will say that now as an adult, I am extremely suspicious of things I read and and have applied a lot Mm. of critical thinking. So I am... I actually feel like in the end, my father gave me a, a gift for, for this time. Yes. You know, I have the gift of not believing anything I see. <laughs> it's a very valuable life skill to not believe what you see yeah. without further interrogation. So that was a gift. That's funny. That's such a dad thing to do. And that's also how I am, though. Like, I got that <laughs> part of my dad's sense of humor. Like, because I've told, like, I told Naima that, like, when you turn... What was it? I felt so bad because I didn't realize she took it seriously. But like the mannequins like come to life, like when kids act up, but it doesn't happen until you're five. Oh, so like, I told her this when she was four. Cause I think maybe I had told her and then she was getting a little freaked out. I was like, but it doesn't happen until you turn five. And so then like a few months later, she turns five and we're in a store and she sees mannequins and she's like all freaked out. But like my dad told one of my older sisters that she was like feral, that like they'd found her out in the woods, you know, and like she held on to this for a while. My sister had a USA sleep shirt 
And mm-hmm. uh, my dad told her that it's, it stood for United Saturn Aliens, and it was the shirt she was found in in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was, like, a period of time where she, you know, it was like she cogn- She was young, but it was like, you know that that's not right, but also, like, your dad that's is telling so... this to you. <laughs> yeah. Dad said it, so this is possible. <laughs> that's funny. I um, Okay, I have a dad story, too. This is a historical Jamila Fail as well. So when I was in second grade, I remember that my mother, I don't know what she was doing. She had somewhere to go or whatever. My parents were broken up and my dad had come by to stay, you know, spend the evening with me while my mother like went out or something. And so, you know, he fixed dinner and we were watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and he had to check my homework for completion. And he found a paper, like, I guess I had a second folder where I don't know if I was writing short stories, but essentially I was practicing writing curse words. So like I'd written like all, I won't say things I said, but I just like written these complete sentences with curse words and like all types of provocative stuff. And as I recall, I think I was literally just like playing around with writing these things on paper. And my dad, I'm like, he doesn't even live here of all people to catch that in my private folder. It was like, he found my diary or something, you know, and he was reading it and he's like, I'm going to what? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, you are not, you know, and then he was like, you're not going to do it. This is, you know, don't do this. Okay, don't do this again. We, we no. And like, my dad who's so verbose and has these long stories and usually so much to say for some reason that was just like, I can tell he didn't want to deal with it with my mom either. Like, yeah. typically they, you know, I knew they were not neither of them were on my side. They would almost always go to the other parent, you know? Right, and right. And so this one time he like kept my, like, he just was like, okay, don't do this again. And just like <laughs> threw it away. And I waited like on pins and needles for my mother to say something about it. And I realized that she didn't tell him. So maybe that was a fail for me, but a triumph for my dad. Yeah. So I appreciate him for holding me down. now as a parent though, like as a parent, because now I think I would think like, okay, well, they're like bad words, but also like they're writing them and they're like practicing using them in sentences. Like I'm slightly amused by this, but I, I also be, don't want to condone this behavior, you know? I would be the most amused that I've ever been. Like I maybe one day I'll tell the story. I don't know. I still think I need to give it a little bit more space because it happened at the beginning of last school year. But Naima wrote a note to a, a classmate, like the girl had written her note and Naima wrote back. And I guess she was like, let me tell you how we get down in Brooklyn. Right. Like she she wrote some things to this kid. And like the hardest thing I've ever had to do was keep a straight face when the after school director presents me with a note because I'm like, my baby wrote this. But I'm also like, like this well, is funny. I, yeah, this it's is funny. Really and funny. like, you know, like th- this is your writing. writing. You're a writer. She's writing like, all right. She needs a little, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, coaching you know, like, on delivery. But it's kind of funny. She She's standing up for herself here. <laughs> yes. So, yes. No, I. I probably would, I I think I would keep the secret too. Like your dad knew too. Bringing them in is like, uh, yeah. That happens here too. Because it's like I handle stuff and it's like, I know that Jeff would like react all over again and it's done. And his reaction would be so much worse than mine. It's like, this has been handled and I found it slightly amusing. So uh, it's best to just not mention it. (laughs) Yes. I, I appreciate the handling it well on your own. There have definitely been times, like there have been times where the worst thing about what my daughter has done has been like, I've got to tell your father. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, oh my God, I was having such like, no, uh, 
But wait, isn't she almost old enough now where you can make her tell him? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Like, now, if I care about accuracy, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It depends on, like, am I, like, tell him when you get to his house or if it's like, call him and we're going to get in front of me. We'll do this together. You're going to get two different events of the story. But yes, you can get a very melodramatic retelling of events if you entrust Naima to, to repeat what happened. Oh, my goodness. So when I, the worst child in the world who never listens, <laughs> decided to not listen to you, I ruined everything. You know, it's like, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, one day she's going to thank you in her memoir for all I of this. I hope so. I really do. I really do. And, and I, I am thanking my mom. I'm apologizing to my mom. I'm like, wow, this is me. This is me. Amplified. Well, that is like the wonderful, not wonderful, but kind of the terrible part of parenting where you just realize like, oh, my poor parents. My poor parents. Like, I'm I so can't sorry. believe I thought you guys were lame. Like you are, you were dealing with a lot. You were dealing with a lot with me. But we turned out. We turned out okay, us. right? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway, so we are moving on. Let's get into today's listener question, which is being read by the one and only Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, I struggled with completing homework throughout my entire academic career. Shoot, I sometimes struggle with completing my professional work as well. We were able to get away with submitting my son's homework somewhere haphazardly when he was in kindergarten, and there were no consequences. But now he's starting first grade, and it's actually going to matter. Online school isn't helping anything. I hate homework. All the teachers I know either agree homework is a waste of time or that it at least makes it difficult for families to spend quality time together after a long day apart. How do I get both of us on track to commit to this? I got nothing for you, letter writer, because you are strumming my pain, singing my words, killing me softly with your song and and telling the story of my life. Elizabeth. How have you been handling Naima's homework? Poorly. (laughs) (laughs) No, like that was literally us in kindergarten when homework wasn't and we had pre-K homework too. You know, we would typically we would do it or we attempt it. But like in kindergarten there was a bit more homework, but it was you know, it wasn't mandatory in pre-K. But I think I felt a sense of pressure to complete things there. And there also wasn't as much of it. And then like kindergarten, once I found out that like it wasn't counting toward their grades. And there were other parents in the class that were like staunchly anti-homework. And these were like the PTA parents, you know, yeah. I was like, I was the American Airlines parent. I was the one who was like running in and out with a suitcase yeah. and kisses and I'll see you <laughs> in two days, you know? And so it's kind of like, okay, you all know why I didn't do it. You know? And, but then when I found out that the parents that were always there were like, no, we don't believe in homework either. I was like, oh, well, that's my out, you know, like yeah. we're gonna do the big projects. We'll do the meaningful stuff. But you know, the, the, the busy work we, we didn't really bother ourselves with. And so in first grade, it was definitely a challenge to have to adjust to, you know, homework has to be done. You know, we, we yeah. have to turn it in. It matters, you know, 
child's performance in class on some level is being assessed based on that. And then when school went virtual, it was difficult. And there was a period of time where we were missing some assignments because I, I was just a little unclear on how to submit them. So we were doing them, you know, but I didn't realize that like every day it was like, okay, and now you have to upload it here and make sure, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Like it, it just, it wasn't really clearly explained to us. And it was just a lot. So all that to say. Well, yeah, it was so rushed and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But just in general, like I, I didn't like doing homework as a kid. I always rushed through it. It always was just something yeah. I had to get through to get to the next thing. And I think that because so much homework, you know, there are a lot of teachers that are publicly anti-homework. There have been studies that have come out and shown that like homework does not, you know, enrich your child's academic experience in the way that people once believed. It, it's largely busy work. When I kind of looked into it, too, I saw a bunch of stuff that said it it also disproportionately affects like lower socioeconomic yep. classes. Like they're they're less likely to be able to get homework done or have homework assistance or any of that. So are you like in general anti-homework? Because I'm I'm pretty much I'm 100 percent anti-homework. OK, I don't <laughs> believe it should exist. So. <laughs> I don't think it should exist. But how as a homeschool parent, Elizabeth, I'm curious to know. Yeah. So. We definitely have, like, in some sense, all of our work is homework (laughs) because the way I run our homeschool is very much like the kids have a, during the school year, like a notebook, and I write in the notebook what they need to do for the whole week, and it's up to them to kind of decide when to do things. And um, not my little, the three-year-old, like, I'm like, we're doing this activity, but for the older two, And then I'm available at certain times. So they need to pick things. Like if there's new math or something, I'm going to introduce it to them. And we do read aloud. So there's stuff we're doing together. But in general, like a lot of the work, they are responsible for looking in their notebook, getting, doing, and then I check it either in the evening or in the afternoon. So in that sense, it's kind of like homework. So while I, I think my, you know, my opposition to homework is that, the kids are in school for so long that if you're eating up your precious home time when you could be doing other things with a family or being outside or being with friends. But I guess if you can't change it. So my, my first thing was sort of like, is there anything you can do about changing right. the homework situation? And I felt like our takeaway from talking with the teachers was like them saying, come talk to us. Mm. So I think one, if you feel like there is so much homework that it is affecting your life, like go speak to the teachers because either maybe they don't know that. Like, I do have this thought that maybe no one said to them, like, this is so much that we're struggling, or maybe there's another problem. But in terms of actually getting it done, I sort of reframe homework as, like, what you're actually being asked to do is teach your child study skills. And so I think by setting aside an opportunity to do that homework, a place to do that homework, and a normal schedule which you follow. So like when you bring home your notebook, the first thing we're going to do together is like look over what homework you have, look over what notes you have about that, and take a few minutes to get organized. Because I think part of procrastination is... Like you don't have everything there. Like you try to start something kind of before you're ready. So setting up that homework time is like, do we have everything we need? Do we have all the pieces of the puzzle? And then I think also looking at the totality of what you have to do and setting that out so that you don't end up with a project or something bigger than you can do in a small chunk, like all at once. I don't know really, because we homeschool, like what homework's looking like these days. You know, I kind of heard the like 10 minute per age per class or whatever 
rule so that like in first grade, you're getting 10 minutes of each thing. I have no idea if that's what's actually happening. Yeah. But I think it's important that kids don't feel like their whole day you know, when they get home from school is going to be this homework. So being able to talk with your child or just knowing your child to say like, okay, when is a good homework time? Like when you get home, do you need this break? Is like after dinner better? Is before dinner when I'm cooking and you can sit in the room best? Like uh, depending on what your family's schedule is, I know some kids do really well early in the morning. I have an early riser that I think if we were in school, his best homework time would probably be before school. I am not a like early morning no. person. So that sounds terrible to me. Like mm-hmm. I want things done before I go to bed. It seems to me that this parent is struggling with kind of the how do we make it part of our routine to get this homework done? And at some point you have to say like, okay, I don't like the homework and I'm going to deal with that either with the teacher or the school go to school board meetings or whatever that in you know mm-hmm. entails. But functionally like to have school we have to get this homework done. I don't know. I I think also thinking about like why your child doesn't want to do the homework or why you don't want to do the homework. Like, is it because it feels like a waste of time? And is it because it's too hard? Is it because you, you know, like this is the last thing you want to be doing and trying to solve those problems? Yeah. I, like, did you, Jamila, do you find like it's just that that's not how you want to spend the time with your daughter or, or it doesn't feel like a respectful use of her time? I think it's both of those things. I think the biggest part is this is not how I'd like to spend my time with my daughter. And then, like, when I, at times, when I look at the homework itself, you know, I'm like, okay, if there is something that I could be doing to help expand upon what she's learned at school today, you know, or, or what they're working on during this time period, I still don't feel like this is really the best way of doing that you know like I, at the homework should be yeah. better I think that like considering that this is something that's now going to not only perhaps become a family activity but may like stand in the place of other family activities such as playing a board game or talking about your day or you know like watching tv or doing any number of things that children would find pleasurable if like and also interrupting the ability of, you know, the adult to decompress, to cook, to do any number of things that I wish there was some thought put into, like, can we make homework a pleasurable experience for families, right? Could this be an interesting story that you all are reading together? You know, could this be a fun game that you're playing together as opposed to, you know, what kind of feels like busy work? And I think that because a lot of teachers don't like homework, don't want to be bothered with homework, that their own antagonism shows up and just kind of like what they assign, right? So as opposed yeah. to putting forward, and it, it's understandable, you know, you're talking about a, a class of workers that are largely underpaid, overworked, you know, oftentimes purchasing their own supplies and enrichment materials and stuff like that. So I don't want to create new labor for them when it relates to homework, but I do wish that there was a way to you know, I would just hope that any teachers that are listening to this, like, think about, especially now, you know, considering how many of our households are in the house, you know, the majority of the time at this point to consider creating homework assignments that are not a bummer to have to complete. I totally agree. Like, I just think about all the enjoyable parts of homeschooling with the kids, which is so much more like the reading aloud with them and the playing games and the having them read something and then tell me about it or or those sort of things and the available resources now that are more like video games or uh, just so many things online that are fun for them to do mm-hmm. that can report back to the school, but are also sometimes fun for me to interact with them and do together. I, like you, though, worry, like, it seems 
we send teachers to get educated mm-hmm. and they learn all about teaching and then they're so crippled by what the school district has to do. And so even if you're against, you know, homework, maybe you have to have this yep. many grading things or you have to have this many things. And and I think it comes back to this point of like, yes, you have to deal with the homework because those grades and things affect kids, right? They affect the grades. So you need to set up an environment where you get this stuff done. But I also think that you should continue in a respectful way to let teachers know what's not working. If they say that their hands are tied, like figure out how you as the parent can let the school district know, like, especially now, like this just isn't working for us. It's too much time. I want to have other time to deal with like their mental health, their emotional health. And like you said, just hopefully be more creative about the ways that that we can have that kind of interaction at home and continue, you know, because the idea is like to continue the learning at home. And I think they've tried to like use worksheets as the great equalizer, like we're sending home the same sheet for everyone and it can be graded and, you know, without too much work from the teacher, which is also important because they don't have all the hours in the day and they have their own families. Mm -hmm. But I agree. I think there's just better, better things, more fun things we could be doing, even if it was like, you know, each week writing up something you did with your family or writing up something your family enjoyed to doing together. Like, aren't there some benefits of that as well? And I think we're learning now, too, like, the value of schools is not entirely in its education, but also in what else it's presenting. So can we pass some of those, like, relationship building and social emotional learning? Like, can our homework be more focused on on that? Absolutely. I don't know. (laughs) I think so. And I think that that's a way that teachers can be gentle with both families and themselves during a difficult time, you know, creating homework experiences that allow them to have some quality time together and address some of those needs that are difficult to address with your students because you're not physically in the same space with them. Yeah, our um, Dutch school experience, like the Dutch have kind of a no homework in the lower grades rule and then move to a more like what you're bringing home is reading and then a lot of the like actual work is happening supervised in school. So like your homework might be to like pre-read this chapter on something, knowing that that's going to be taught in school. I had such little kids that it didn't really matter, but it seemed that that seemed to to work and reduce some of that ability. And the, the Dutch really would say like, well, go your time at home is your home time. Like you should be outside. You should be playing until the streetlights come on. You should be hanging out with your family and, and not worrying about this. But their focus too is much more on like the family unit and on like a whole picture of a child and less on academic success. And hopefully that'll be the picture that uh, more educators and school leadership begin to take on this year that we had to focus on the whole kid not just the numbers not just the you know before I mean good luck with standardized tests I don't even think <laughs> I don't even want to think about that well, no, right that's now. a whole nother a whole yeah nother. exactly but maybe this year is a year where we can recognize like what the study like there are studies on all this stuff that say they don't really work right but we continue to do it anyway for a myriad of reasons but maybe this becomes a reason to not do that. You know what I mean? That forces us to not do some of these things. And then that sticks. I don't know. That's my hope. I hope that I I hope we learn a lot of lessons from this year. 
to, to say that. Absolutely. So I'll just say to you, letter writer, thank you so much. I hope that we were somewhat helpful. And I'm inviting all of our listeners to send your own tips for creating a successful environment for homework and for speaking to your kids' teachers about how to make homework work for your family, because a whole lot of us could use some help with that right now. And that is our show. If you have a question, email us at slate.com or post it to the Slate Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. And we will, of course, see you back here in the podcast feed on Thursday. And don't forget to join us next Tuesday for another special bonus episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting. Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belsom. For Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.